from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. One of the biggest issues discussed during the presidential campaign was offshore drilling. And now that the elections are over, it's not clear whether the new administration or the new Congress will support expanded offshore exploration and production, or whether they will seek to close offshore areas and once again make them off-limits to energy producers. On the phone with us today is Eric Smith, an offshore energy expert at the Tulane Energy Institute in New Orleans, to discuss some of the issues surrounding offshore energy development. Welcome, Eric. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, please tell our listeners about your background in offshore drilling and your position at Tulane. Well, I spent most of my early career in the onshore petrochemical business, and then in 1984, I went to work for McDermott and uh, worked for them for 10 years, and all of that was involved with offshore construction, building the production platforms and pipelines and what have you. And uh, then in 95, I went to work for uh, Saipem, which is their Italian competitor, which had both uh, onshore and offshore drilling rigs as well as as deep water uh, construction. And then in 2003, came to uh, Tulane. I'm a uh, MBA from Tulane with an engineering undergraduate. So I came back and I went to work for the uh, alma mater uh, at a time when they wanted to create an energy institute to help their business students and some of their engineering in, uh, students understand the uh, some of the more practical sides of the energy world. Well, it's clear with your background that you certainly understand offshore energy development. So let's take a look at some of the facts. Now, as you know, Congress is considering whether to allow expanded offshore drilling. First of all, can it be accomplished in an environmentally sound way? I, I think absolutely, yes, it can and has been for a number of years in the Gulf of Mexico. It's certainly uh, been used all over the world. We have a number of safeguards and, and systems to shut uh, production in safely. And as uh, the last few years of hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico show, we haven't had any significant oil or gas losses as a result of those storms. But some people say maybe it doesn't make sense to continue to drill offshore because they say the easy oil is gone, the low-hanging fruit, if you will, has all been depleted, and so now the industry must go after the oil that's deeper and harder to produce. Do you agree with that? Well, in part, I think it's true. What I think they're leaving unsaid is that the easy oil onshore is also pretty much uh, exhausted, so we are being challenged technically to go ever deeper and produce you know, more marginal supplies of oil. Uh, but we have the technology to do that, and uh, it's being done not only in the U.S. but in most other oil basins around the world. So deep water oil and gas is a fact of life. That's as Willie Loman said. That's where the banks are. That's where the oil is. Well, this nation clearly needs to develop more oil and natural gas. Government statistics and projections are showing that demand is going to continue to increase. But there are those who say it should hold on to the oil for future generations. What do you think about that? Well, I'm, I'm never too uh, clear about what, what folks mean by that. I think that as we've shown, uh, we can develop 
additional technology and produce more remote oil and gas as uh, as the need arises. And I would also suggest that, that there's no forecast I've seen out of the government, certainly, that would uh, imply that we need any less oil this year than we did next, uh, you know, last year, or we'll probably need a little bit more next year. So I think that, uh, you know, our economy and most, well, all of the world's economies, developed economies, run on energy, and oil is the, at the moment, the, the only transportation fuel that's really practical. Well, what do you say to members of Congress and others, though, that say that opening offshore areas to oil and gas development won't be beneficial because it's going to take 10 years or so before any of it can be produced? Well, that's another case where I, I partially agree with them. But the fact of the matter is there's nothing Congress can do anywhere that can be done in, in uh, overnight. And, in fact, if we concentrate on a couple of areas, like the eastern Gulf of Mexico and the uh, southern portions of California, for example, uh, where infrastructure already exists, we could have oil and gas in production a lot sooner than 10 years. I would be the first to agree, though, that if you want to drill off Chesapeake Bay, uh, it's going to be more like the 10-year time frame before you could actually you know, monetize any of the oil and gas there. Can you explain more about the infrastructure and why it is that some areas would simply take so much longer? Um, what's lacking in those frontier areas, if you will, that, that make it harder? Well, what makes it harder is we don't have all of the infrastructure that you see when you drive or fly along uh, the, the Gulf Coast of the United States. We don't have fabrication yards and supply boat bases and pipelines in infrastructure. We have 31,000 miles of pipe in the Gulf of Mexico alone. Uh, that doesn't exist if I'm off Baltimore. So let's assume that I uh, go out and we arrange a lease and I lease some property and I uh, go out and shoot seismic and I can come up with a, a rig and I drill for oil and I find it. Uh, all of that's probably going to take four years. In, in Baltimore, it's not going to take quite that long in the Gulf of Mexico because of all of the stuff that's already there. And then I want to produce the oil and gas there are no pipelines offshore Baltimore. I mean, there are no receiving terminals onshore. So I need to build the infrastructure that goes along with the, the offshore producing location before I can actually deliver oil to a refinery. And incidentally, there are precious few refineries in Maryland as well. So, you know, I, that's what I mean by infrastructure. All of that stuff already exists along the Gulf Coast. Uh, it's a fairly easy step out to to uh, continue it over into the eastern Gulf areas like Pascagoula, Mississippi, for example, that, that can receive oil. And we have pipelines that are already out into portions of the eastern Gulf. So it's not like we have to start with a blank slate. In addition, then, to the eastern Gulf, what other areas, in your opinion, do you think would be the best prospects for domestic oil and gas? Well, I'm not saying these are the best. I'm just saying these are the soonest that we can get into production. The other area like that would be uh, the south coast of California. Uh, there, there's already, you know, we've been producing oil and gas in California for over 100 years. So there's a fair amount of infrastructure in place, uh, refineries and pipelines and all of the paraphernalia I described. And, and it's somewhat hopeful that the California is considering letting planes uh, 
resources go out and drill off of existing platforms because heretofore you couldn't even do that in California. And the first step on the East Coast is going to be to shoot some seismic because we don't have any recent seismic data for the eastern seaboard. But in the meantime, there are plenty of people that say, rather than go after these new areas, why doesn't the energy industry just drill on the leases it already has? How do you respond to that? Well, that's a popular misconception. Everybody assumes that there's some sort of hoarding going on and that we're not drilling leases that have already been provided by the MMS. The, the simple fact of the matter is you don't go out as soon as you sign a lease agreement with the MMS and start drilling. There's all of the preparation work. There's the shooting of the seismic, the interpreting of the seismic, the lining up of drilling equipment, the design of the well, the permitting of the wells. All of these things take time. And in fact, the MMS has rules that say if you, if you lease a block and you don't drill it within a finite time frame, you do, you do surrender the lease. So there's a, uh, somehow this idea that, that people aren't drilling oil and gas leases that they already have that's, that's sort of gotten popularized in the, in, the, in the media, and it's just not a fact. There, anything that can be drilled economically is being drilled. Now, oil prices have fallen in recent weeks. Is that having an impact on oil drilling or on future oil drilling plans? The, the deep water oil projects that are done by, by people with deep pockets are going along just fine and won't be truncated. The story with natural gas is completely different. These tend to be the smaller companies which require carry a lot more debt on their books uh, when you have a, a financial crisis and, and debt dries up, it tends to truncate their drilling programs, and you see people pulling back from their their uh, least prospective activities and concentrating what money they can raise on the properties that they think will produce the highest returns. And where you see that going on is uh, typically in shallow water and onshore uh, conventional natural gas deposits. Well, based on all of that, based on the fact that oil prices are lower now than they were, but planning goes on in the meantime, um, certainly having to do with oil projects, based on the technology that exists offshore, and the successful record in the Gulf, and all these other factors that we've talked about here today, what do you think the next administration or Congress should do? Should they encourage offshore production or make offshore areas off limits again? I think they should definitely encourage offshore production. Uh, we made a big deal about, uh, in the Clinton administration, passing the Coastal Zone Management Act. There are several states right now who would like to drill off their coasts. There are no moratoria in place. and It seems to me that those states should be allowed to determine their own destiny as, as, uh, as we go forward. I think it would be a tragedy if you... Uh, in, in the face of dire economic situation, decided to further penalize your economy by putting back in place these drilling moratoriums, which, as far as I can see, have done nobody any good for their entire history. Eric Smith, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Happy to do it. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.